Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We got a couple games going on tonight uh, as we're recording this, but uh, they're not that good. So uh, I just I prefer to do this. Zach, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. And just, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about how bad these games are, and I think it just got worse. Because I don't know if you just got the Twitter update from Ari Myrov, but um, apparently Nick Chubb is hurt and the cart is coming out. So, oh, oh, my God. That's big news. <laughs> so I hate to is... open it with that, but that is pretty consequential. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That this is, is what crazy. We get. This no, is what we get. no, not Nick Chubb. <laughs> nah, they are not Nick Chubb. I mean, that's one tweet. It literally just rolled in. I'm hoping they're not going to show not the Nick replay. Chubb. It's that bad. He just put that out. Uh <laughs> oh. That no. ain't good. Anyway, oh, these games oh, suck, and now oh, they suck a lot more. So, welcome to the it. podcast. Yeah. So they know. try to they try to pick him up, and he said nope. So it's his, it's his, it's his knee or lower leg. That's what it's looking like. Oh my god! Oh Welcome no! To the upper hand fantasy. Podcast. This is not <laughs> good. Oh no! Like I, I, oh no, dude! I can't stop watching this. I gotta, I can't, I gotta close that tab. I can't keep watching that. That's terrible, man. Oh my goodness! So Nick Chubb seems like he has a serious injury here. Um, wow! I hope it's not that bad. Right. I hope it's not as bad as it looks, dude. That sucks, dude. Wow. Okay. Well, we have to we have to go on with the show here. We can't just, yep. you know, uh, and and I'm not going to uh, you know try to figure out what that injury is. You know, it'll probably come through. You know, as as we see it. So if you see the notifications come in, Zach, just. Uh, just uh, yeah, I'll keep us know, updated. Shout it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Okay, guys. Well, I was uh, I, I was MIA this weekend due to some travel, so I didn't do any Instagram lives or anything like that. I was in Mexico City with my wife, a few friends. It's a really nice place, Zach. It really is, man. <laughs> like a few years ago, if you told me like, hey, like, you know, I've been to Cancun and places like that, but if you told me that, hey, like, you should go to Mexico City, you'll have a really good time, like, I wouldn't have believed you. Honestly, because <laughs> I, I, it's just like, you know, you hear stuff on the news and you're just like, oh, no, it's, it's dangerous. This and that, dude, it is one of the safest. I've never felt safer, like in a city before. It, it, it's crazy. I've even been to here? a lot of. I was going to say, dude, like, even here, I feel I felt <laughs> safer uh, walking around Mexico City. Like I'm from New York City and obviously I feel safe in New York because it's my home city. But if I didn't, if I wasn't from New York City, there'll be places where it's just like, like you know, a little sketch. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really feel that way in most of the yeah. places that I was in Mexico City, but I was in the places where you're supposed to be. 
right? A lot of like the trendy <laughs> right. areas and that and that stuff. So it, it was it was super nice, man. I loved it there. I loved it. So I can't wait to go back. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try very hard to go back next year when the NFL uh, is gonna have some games over there, right? Because right. they're doing a bunch of stadium renovations for the NFL. Um, you know, to be, you know, to play those games. They played them last year and they're going to continue to play them in Mexico City. So um, looking forward to that. And, you know, a lot of people who listen to the podcast and, you know, are, are, are you know, part of our community over on Instagram, they're from Mexico. They're, a lot of them are from Mexico City because, you know, the Dang. NFL has really, you know, tried to, you know, make it big, a big um, down there, you know. So it's really cool, man. The nicest people, dude. Amazing people. It, it was, it was, it was really cool. So, no more vacation for me for a while. Uh, no more trips for a while. So it's all fantasy football from here on out. <laughs> right. So wait, I, I got to ask if, you know, if yeah. a lot of our followers are from Mexico City, were you recognized down there? Did anybody come up to you? You're for us from upper hand. <laughs> no. Let's go. No. I, I, well, we spent a lot of time in Ubers and, you know, specific places, you know, and like, so, right. so, so no, no. Um, I, I will say that when I was at the Jets game, <laughs> Um, when I was at Jets, pa- Jets, uh, Bills on opening yeah. night, um, there were a few people who came up to me, and you know it's kind of weird because like I was with a couple of my friends, and you know they were just you know people were walk- walking up to me like hey what what up for us like whatever, and um, and my friends were just like dude like what is this like what what, what is going on like how are these people how do people know who you are so to my friends it was just like the weirdest thing, um, right. They're not but, used to being uh, a celebrity pre- with the celebrities. I pre- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but you know what it is? It's like it's a concentrated group of people in one place. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, you know, if you go into a Jets game, it's like, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of like football fans. So like, you know, a couple of them might, you know, follow up her hand or, you know, have seen a video here and there, you know, that right. sort of thing. Cause uh because we do numbers. We do numbers. <laughs> we do numbers. Oh, awesome. Dude. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. You said you can't stop watching that video. They have a screen grab now of that Nick Chubb injury. Oh, like, no, that that's he's not coming back this season. Does it look no like a, it does it looks like a like a broken leg or something, doesn't it? Well, did you see how it was? Like I, I literally did, I didn't want to I, his I, knee I didn't buckled the wrong way. Like a la yeah. leg press at the gym. You know right. what I mean? So oh, yeah. Oh, that's not good, man. That is not good. All right, well, I guess we have to put Jerome Ford at the top of the waiver show. This is awkward. This is yeah. like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that right now. Um, and I guess, I guess Leonard whatever, Fournette is signing in Cleveland. I mean, that's the only whatever, answer, right? What, whatever, <laughs> whatever comes out of this, it, you know, if Nick Chubb ends up being hurt and he can't play, I guess Jerome Ford would be the guy here that you would pick up. And but I'm not gonna break that down right here because I feel no. like it just the injury just happened. I don't want to talk about you know the situation like, it's just kind of yeah no it's just a little <laughs> little disrespectful. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I can't can't do it. So I'll do it tomorrow on Instagram. You know, you guys you guys know where to find me. Yeah, you know, during the day tomorrow. Okay, uh, and when I say tomorrow, I mean Tuesday because I'm we're recording this Wait. on Monday night. Okay. All right. Uh oh. What's this? Why is Andy Dalton in now? No, they didn't pull Bryce Young. They didn't pull Bryce right. Young. What is happening? No. I don't know. It's fourth. It's fourth down. Andy Dalton just came running in. So like, I, I don't know what the plan is. Here. The lost fumble. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know why Andy Dalton is in. 
Oh, no. Maybe I'm overreacting. Anyway, more developments on that. Let's get on to the episode. We'll see what happens. Maybe they're just putting them in for one play. <laughs> I don't know. Let's move on. See, this is yeah. This is what happens. We just we just went full tilt mode with this Nick Chubb injury, man. This is not how we want to start the podcast, but hey, this is what happens. Um, right. This is the Wave of Wire show. Okay, we're going to go over the top options available in most leagues uh, with some deep options as well. You know, maybe some, some streaming options too. Uh, before I do that, though, since we missed the review show this week, you know, we'll be back next week, by the way, on, on Monday morning. You'll get that. Uh, so no more no more travel for, for me for the foreseeable future. Um, but I do want to go over some fantasy developments. And while we're doing that, we'll kind of break down, you know, the waiver wire pickups as well. Okay. And I want to start with Zach Moss and Kyra Williams. They were the two running backs who just completely took over their respective backfields this week. They played almost every snap. I think each of them just missed like one snap each or something like that. Um, you know, they, they uh, the Rams declared Cam Akers inactive before the game. Okay, they're trying to figure out what to do with him. Um, they, they say that they're close to a trade. I don't know who's going to trade for him. But um, for now, Kyron Williams is the guy, man. You know, 14 yeah. carries, 10 targets. I mean, that's, that's, a little, that's kind of bonkers, right? Like, I know Kyron... You know, it's probably not available in most competitive leagues, but you know he's available in around forty percent, thirty-five percent of leagues in general. So, if he's available in your league, he's the number one waiver wire ad on the week. And I think Zach Moss is like kind of right there, like as well, like up next, right? Mostly also not available in your league, but you know both are available in a lot more leagues than you think. Um, Jonathan Taylor, he can be back in week five, and it's very possible he doesn't get traded. Um, you know, he did put out that you know Instagram story with him in the Colts facility, right, with his gear on, right? So that kind of yeah. tells you that maybe they kind of worked things out for the most part. Um, it, it's possible things have been patched up. That's one of the reasons that I prefer Kyron Williams over Zach Moss here. Um, but then the other reason is like, you know, 10 targets. Right. <laughs> like when you see 10 targets, you're like, oh, here we go. That's what I'm talking about. You know? Yeah. Um, and also, like, dude, Matt Stafford, like, he's just like making all these guys fantasy relevant. Like, all of a that's sudden, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah, balling. That, that was like one of my takeaways. You know, obviously, I, I'm going to get into that, but Williams, he's my preferred option here, too. You know, there's a good chance that he's not on waivers, like you mentioned. After all that work he got in week one, now here in work in week two. But, Akers played an abomination of a 2023 debut, and it looks like the Rams are just done with him at this point. Yeah. Now, I hate it for him because I was really hoping this was like the Cam Akers year. It looked like this, this was going to be the redemption where he came back after this exact scenario playing out last year with Daryl Henderson, and now he's getting the same thing again. Apparently, though, they are talking about trading him, so there's a little silver lining there. If you have Cam Akers, don't get rid of him. We'll see where he goes. But I don't know how much he's going to you know, do on another team. I'm not sure what kind of role he might have. Um, but Williams is taking it to another level with the work in the passing game. Like we knew somebody we were hoping was Cam Akers was going to get the ground game work on the Rams offense. But it's also like you mentioned, the biggest one of the biggest takeaways for me is how good the Rams offenses look. Like, did you anticipate this at all? Like we were talking about the Rams offense being terrible and just having that early down workload being something you could lean on, maybe pick up a touchdown here or there. That's not an issue. This isn't garbage work Kyron Williams is getting where he's like, there's no hope for him at all to score a touchdown. Him being on the surprisingly good offense gives him a legit ceiling to target, and you don't get that on the waiver wire very often. And then you just go back and touch on Zach Moss. What is there to say besides this is the ideal outcome? I mean, I mean, we talked about it 
a lot over the past few weeks, you know, how Zach Moss's return is the best shot at value in production to Colts backfield until Jonathan Taylor comes back. And he was way better than Evan Hole and Deion Jackson combined. So his workload was ridiculous, like you said. That might only be the case for two more weeks, but I'll take that on the waiver wire 10 times out of 10, especially the way he looked, 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, you can't ask for more, especially if you're putting him in your flex. So he can fit on any roster, whether you need to replace a running back, if you need to replace a Nick Chubb, not really, obviously, a long-term answer. You could plug him right in and he could start for you. Or if you're winning and you want to get somebody at flex that you could throw in, like, he has plenty of value to offer yet in these next couple weeks. And who knows, if Jonathan Taylor isn't all the way back and happy with the Colts, maybe... He can get some run in the ground game, even with Taylor back. Yeah, and and these guys, you know, might not be available on your waiver wire, um, but there are a lot of, you know, I've been getting a lot of messages saying that, hey, like, who should I pick up? Zach Moss or Kyra Williams? And I'm like, just like, really? Can like, I play in your league? They're, they're both available <laughs> in your league. Okay, cool. Like, go, you know, whatever. Like, maybe you have a, sh- you know, there's a lot of leagues with shallow benches. You know, a lot of people yeah. play in ten team leagues and you know, a lot of these guys might be available, right? So you can find all of our waiver wire rankings up on upperhandfantasy.com. Our website is completely revamped with weekly rankings, waiver wire rankings, uh, waiver wire fab guidance for members, um, access to me for questions, consultation, that sort of thing, a lot more. Okay, so make sure to check out the new website. Let's talk about Puka for a second, man. I think a lot of people are wondering whether he turns into a pumpkin when Cooper Cup comes back. Uh, or they're wondering just how fantasy relevant is he going to be? Okay. Um, now, Cooper Cup ran a majority of his routes out of the slot last year. Around 56% uh, of his routes were from the slot. Okay. And that's not what Puka is doing. He isn't, he isn't being plugged into that cup role. He's actually running a majority of his routes from the perimeter. Some from the slot, right? He's in a pretty versatile role. Uh, but he's running around 69%. Nice. 69% of his routes from the perimeter. So when Cup is back, Puka's still going to be on the field like in an every-down role, okay? So it's kind of more like that Robert Woods role from a couple years ago, right? And Woods never showed this type of target-earning ability, but it's this ability that has to keep you bullish on Puka, even when Cup is back, right? So like right now, he's a wide receiver one play. When Cooper Cup is back... I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to put up wide receiver two numbers. We saw it before, you know, with Cup and Robert Woods. Woods was a solid wide receiver two at one point, but he wasn't putting up numbers like this, right? So if you're making any deals with Puka right now, whether you're trying to move him, whether you're trying to acquire him, that's how I would treat him right now. Right. Uh, I think that totally makes sense. And this goes back to the discussion how much better the Rams offense looked in two games this year than it did any time last year like if Matthew Stafford weren't playing as well as he has these past two weeks it would be a completely different story for Puka obviously but it's not only the fact that the Rams offense is looking good but it's the way that they're producing that is really encouraging like Stafford is creating an extremely top heavy target distribution for the Rams Puka's leading the way and Tutu Atwell is kind of getting the scraps you know he's like there He's getting some targets. It's not anything like Puka, though. And then it's just a steep drop. Obviously, Tyler Tyler Higby, he's getting a couple targets a game, but nothing like we expected. Like, I know as soon as we heard Cooper Cup was out, the first words out, out of my mouth were, man, Tyler Higby's going to have this massive target share. And that hasn't been the case. It's all been to Puka Nakua. So I don't really think there's going to be that much trouble for Puka Nakua just kind of staying as a big part of this offense. Like, remember Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek? 
No, I don't either. I mean, <laughs> he clearly favors Puka, and they have had tons of success throwing the ball his way. Even once Cooper comes, Cooper Cup comes back, like it's just going to make it so that there are two target hogs at the top of this distribution instead of one. In other words, Puka's here to stay. And like you mentioned, I was going to allude to that too. Robert Woods kind of being in that role. Robert Woods was very good in that role back in, was it 2018, when Cooper Cup and them and Brandon Cooks were all doing their thing. I think Puka Nakua, he's looked very good, and I think he can actually produce at a higher level if Matthew Stafford keeps playing this way. Because I think Matthew Stafford, too, if he keeps playing like he is these past two games and he's the Matthew Stafford we know, I think he's a much better quarterback than what they had in Jared Goff back then. So I think there's way more upside than people might think, even when Cooper Cup comes back. Will Cooper Cup hurt Puka Nakua? He's not invulnerable. So I'm going to say, yeah, it, his value is going to come down a little bit. But he's going to be a startable every single week as long as Rams keep playing like this. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to get 39% target share, you know, each of the first two weeks, we you think. know, like, like he did the, each of the first two <laughs> weeks, right? I mean, you know, I, I saw a, a, a tweet. I forgot who tweeted that. Um, oh, I, oh, man. I, oh, it was a D-Bro. D-Bro from Fantasy Pros. He said... Um, he said something like, um, you know, when Cooper Cup comes back, like he's going to play the Puka Nakua role or something like that. It's like, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the tides have shifted now, you know, to Puka Nakua. Um, you know, so right. Tutu Atwell, you know, 22% target share, 18% target share, but they're throwing the ball a lot. Um, and he's getting a high catch rate. Like his catchable balls right now, Tutu Atwell, 75% and 89% on the year. Puka Nakua, catchable targets, 86% and 89%. And by the way, you can find all this at fantasylife.com, utilization report. You scroll over to game log, you can see it all. It's pretty awesome, okay? So you, so, so please go check them out, fantasylife.com. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, it's it's it, they're putting on the show, okay? And it's, it's looking like the greatest show on turf right now. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just gonna say it, okay? Like it, it's not not quite there, but you know it's almost there. Um, yeah. The right, thing so, is, what's yeah. so great about it is they're so much better than any of us expected. So like this is just True. like added value in all your lineup. If you took flyers on any of these guys in drafts, you pick them up on the waiver wire. Like this is value you didn't think you had going into week one. So it's just that much sweeter. Yeah, man. Now. I think a lot of people are panicking on Jamar Chase, and I get it. You know, you drafted him at number two overall. He's not coming through. You never want your first-round pick to start this slow, but I, I think we have to remember that this is Jamar Chase we're talking about, okay? Like, let's not look at this two-game sample size with the very against the very large sample that we have and define him by this small sample size, okay? He's, he's going to bounce back. Okay, just keep starting him. Keep starting him as a wide receiver one. Don't sell him low. And if you need a wide receiver to buy low on, he's the guy. Okay. Even with these crappy first two games, he still has a chance of finishing like as the overall wide receiver one at the end of the year. It's it still can happen. Okay. Because he, he if you look at the course of the season, he, you know, wide receivers have down games all the time, right? There's a lot of volatility. It just so happens that these down games happen at the start of the year. Okay. So, like, I personally, like, I'm not worried, okay? Um, Joe Burrow, he did re-aggravate that calf injury, which kind of sucks. That makes me a little bit nervous, okay? Um, but I'm not making any drastic moves, you know, in terms of, like, benching Jamar Chase or trading him away or anything like that. Like, you probably didn't think that Drake London could bounce back, right? Like, he was, like, the long, long shot to bounce back this week. DJ Moore, 
Christian Kirk, you know, T. Higgins, ridiculous bounce back. Okay, he went from zero points to a shit ton of points, right? It's just a matter of one week. Okay, so if those guys can do it, Jamar Chase can do it. Okay, so I'm looking at Fantasy Life Utilization Report. Jamar Chase, 26% target share for the season over these two weeks. He was 31% in week one, okay, in terms of target share. Let's not overreact here. Yeah, we don't want to overreact at all. And just going back to your thought on Drake London, he, you didn't think he could bounce back? I didn't think he could bounce back. I don't know about you. Like, I guess well, you know what's funny? Of anybody, I got it's... a lot of I got a lot of shit for the Drake London versus George Pickens uh, stardom sit you know stardom sit him you know on our post that we did on Saturday, and I right, chose yeah. Drake London, right? But <laughs> I think most people are like, what, what? It doesn't make any sense. But you know, it's like he was going to bounce back, man. It was just a matter of when. And, mm -hmm. you know, since I wasn't a huge fan of George Pickens this week, we'll see what he's doing in this game. We'll see what ends up happening. Maybe he'll kill it. I don't know. Uh, but just didn't – I just felt – I just liked Drake London better. Okay? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah. With, um, yeah, it with, was definitely a tough uh, tough matchup, though, for sure, for Drake. Yeah. But with Jamar Chase, going back to what you're talking about, that with him, for me, like, it's one thing if a guy like Keenan Allen, who consistently earns targets, he's been a top producer in fantasy, suddenly falls off a cliff on his own just stops producing, stops being utilized, and the rest of the offense continues to play well around him. But that would be a cause for concern. But this is Jamar Chase we're talking about, and he has good util utilization, good production profile. It's as good as anybody's in the league. And the entire Bengals offense, it's not like this is just Jamar Chase not doing his thing. The entire Bengals offense has just grossly underperformed these first two weeks. The difference here is not Jamar Chase that we should be worrying about at all. It's Joe Burrow. <laughs> it's a Joe Burrow problem. Now, whether it's just a performance issue on Burrow's end or if he's still feeling the effects of that calf injury, like you said, he re-aggravated it. Re-aggravation is going to be the word of the week for Bengals fans right now and Joe Burrow's fantasy managers. But whatever it is, it's affecting the whole offense. And until the Bengals offense gets back to doing Bengals things, you know, Chase is going to continue to get mulligans from me. I'm not taking any of this as like, well, this is the new Jamar Chase that we're going to have to deal with now. No, it's like, the Bengals do this every year. They have a quiet first two weeks. They don't look good. They did the same thing last year. And look at how Jamar Chase finished. So there's no reason to worry about him at all. I mean, this is a guy that dra who's drafted second overall in a lot of leagues for a reason. And you're not just going to give up on him for now. That being said, if somebody's panicking and you can get him low, go get him. Like, I would argue, like, you you don't have to, like, break the bank. But you you can move solid capital and still get a value going after Jamar Chase because once the Bengals offense is corrected, he's going to go right back to being the wide receiver one that you drafted him to be. So I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, man, I'm not worried either. I, I just think it's a matter of time. Um, I'm just hoping Joe Burrow's calf is okay. Uh, <laughs> Jamar Chase yeah. even said it. He's like, yeah, I, I wish, uh, I wish we sat him. Uh, and then he would have been okay by now. So, right. And he did say, he did say before the season, like, yo, Joe, we got this. You can come back in week five. We'll be good. Um, mm -hmm. we'll see. I don't know. Right. Uh, interesting. Well, we're going to hear probably hear more tomorrow about that. Um, it's a similar thing with Josh Jacobs, you know, don't do anything drastic, you know, don't bench him. Don't trade him away. You know, he's getting elite usage. He's going to bounce back as well. Uh, now if I had to choose one, like I'm not as bullish on Jacobs as I am chase because chase is just this elite talent, talented wide receiver and we have a larger sample of him being that guy uh, but Jacobs should bounce back you know he's close to an every down running back on this offense and you know this offense has shown good signs of good things okay so like 
they just weren't in a good situation against the Bills in Buffalo on Sunday. You know, he he, he did have 73% of snaps. He was targeted on 40% of his routes. You know, and the Raiders only ran 40 plays in this game. So, you know, it's not a lot. A typical game is like 60 to 70 snaps, right? So right. these are all reasons to buy Josh Jacobs. I know it's hard to picture these guys playing well, but recency bias is always going to be super strong. You know, we, we're going to always be thinking about it. Um, but I, 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 you just got to try to fight against it as much as you can. Yeah. For me, it's just crazy that these top guys, you know, they're just not producing, even though the usage has been there for them. We just talked about Jamar Chase. and Now we're talking about Josh Jacobs. Like the Raiders are an interesting case because I don't think the scoring ceiling for them on a weekly basis is all that high. And we're seeing that right now through two weeks. And I'm not big into looking at expected fantasy points because it's more about what a player actually does that I care about than expected fantasy points. But based on his workload, Jacobs has a 12th highest expected fantasy points per game at 15.4. And he's averaging nine right now. So that's like just about half, a little over half. But the workload is there. That's never been the question. We talked about him as a buy low candidate after week one. And it's only that much stronger of a case for him to be a buy low candidate in week two because he had negative rush yards this past week. So like that's going to be an easy point to buy him on. Just be like, well, he's putting up negative yardage for you. He had a couple catches, I know, that definitely saved his day. But this isn't the Josh Jacobs that we're used to seeing. And I don't think we should get used to seeing this because once they get their feet underneath them, I think the Raiders offense is going to be fine. Um, and Josh Jacobs, you know, the usage has been there and we always talk about it. Regression to the mean, the production will come. I think so. I think so. Now, CJ Stroud, like he balled out in a good matchup, right? He's been pretty sharp over the first two weeks, I'd say, you know, for a rookie quarterback and Nico Collins is definitely benefiting. Um, so is Robert Woods. So is Tank Dell. Right, we love Nico going into this week. He came through big time. He makes big plays. He's targeted oh, yeah. in the end zone. He gets a target share. He's developing into one of the best draft day values right now. Right it, now, Nico is probably not available in your league, but Tank Dell might be. And if he is, he's definitely worth picking up. And I know that in some leagues, I, I've got messages about Nico being available. I would, I would spend up to get Nico if he's available in your league, okay? But Tank Dell will be next up, okay? Uh, Robert Woods had two solid games as well, so he's also worth picking up. But for me, I would say the, the pecking order as of right now is Nico, then Tank, then Woods for me when it comes to which of these wide receivers I want on this Texans offense. Uh, I'm looking at Fantasy Life Utilization Report on the Texans. Um, they are primarily an 11 personnel team, so these three wide receivers are going to be on the field together a lot. Uh, and Tank Dell, 24% target share. Okay, so I, I'm I'm pretty interested. Yeah, and that makes total sense. I mean, for me, I look at it as Nico Collins, like you mentioned, the guy is the guy to have in the offense, and then like Robert Woods and Tank Dell are like duking it out. They're both going to get similar target shares. I feel like to have similar types of production. They're not being targeted downfield. Nico Collins is. And like as you mentioned, he's making the plays downfield in the end zone. Collins is seventh in the league in ADOT at 14.2 yards per target among wide receivers with 10-plus targets. So, like, that's really good, and we know that's highly correlated with fantasy production. Dell and Woods, they're both sitting at nine. <laughs> they're just getting the passes underneath and doing the dirty work, but Collins is the guy that's showing out. Um, it's not surprising that Collins has been the most productive receiver because of that. 
But Dell flashed in the preseason, and I think he looked pretty good. You know, he's getting a lot of separation on his routes. I don't think that's something Robert Woods is really doing. Obviously, he has a veteran savvy. But I think that Dell has a much better chance to grow as a fantasy asset than Robert Woods does, especially if he can work and just, like, develop with C.J. Stroud. We know C.J. Stroud vouched for Tank Dell in the draft, and they got he got the Texas ultimately to choose Tank Dell. So I think that they're going to build a connection. There's a better chance that they build a connection than him and Robert Woods. Although Robert Woods is going to be pretty solid as long as the targets keep coming their way. And it's also worth knowing they played in a very negative game script this past weekend. Yep. But that's not, it's not like that's something we can't continue to expect. You know, like if this mm-hmm. offense and the team overall isn't going to be that good, that's fine. He's a rookie quarterback. But if that's going to continue to be the case, we could see more of these days where Nico Collins, sure, are they winning games? No, but Nico Collins might be winning you your fantasy matchup. Exactly, exactly, man. Um, I, I, you know, coming into the year, you know, we kind of identified that this could be a potential guy to target on this particular, you know, with a accurate quarterback coming in. Uh, but it's working out for a couple of receivers potentially here, uh, not just right. Nico Collins. We'll see. We'll see if I, uh, we'll see what sticks here. But through two weeks, it's been Nico Collins. You know, that's what we care about. Right. Now, yep. there, there are a few injuries that I want to talk about. Obviously, the Nick Chubb injury that just happened, like, just, you know, I haven't even looked at that yet. Let's move on from that for, for now. Uh, but Saquon Barkley, yeah, for now, for now. Uh, Saquon Barkley has an ankle injury. He's, it, that's, it's expected to have a miss two to three weeks, according to Adam Schefter. You know, it's weird because it's like they're calling it like a non severe, like regular ankle sprain. But, like, if that was the case, you wouldn't be missing two to three weeks, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of, this is probably a high ankle sprain. So, um, now the Giants are playing on Thursday night. Matt Breida would be the running back to grab. I'd say he's a flex play uh, with Barkley out. Tough matchup, though, against the 49ers on Thursday night. So, I don't love him this week. Uh, Gary Brightwell should get some work as well. He's the ad, like, in like a very deep league if you can't get a hold uh, of Breida for whatever reason. But, the weeks after that, they have the Seahawks and the Dolphins. So those are two matchups I'm perfectly fine playing Breida as like an RB3 or a flex. Yeah, 100%. You just saw the Seahawks, not the Seahawks, the Dolphins in week one got manhandled by the Chargers in the ground. So yeah. like they have their issues in the running game. I mean, Kyron yes. Williams was decently productive against the Niners, but I don't think that's going to be anything that Matt Breida is going to be able to do, obviously. Right. But I do think it's a funny thing that I'm saying that the Giants aren't the Rams on offense two weeks in the season. Like, I didn't think that would be something I would be <laughs> saying at this point. So true. I don't have my hopes high for Matt Breida, but, you know, he should be somewhat relevant. The volume is going to be there. They're going to need somebody run the, to run the ball. Um, I'm expecting this to be probably a negative game script. So I'm not super in on Breida like you mentioned this week. I might consider picking up Breida and then just kind of leaving him out of my lineup unless you're really desperate. But – um. As far as I'm concerned, the sooner Saquon can get back, the better, because it's pretty much the Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller show in New York. They're going to be doing most of the production, if not all of it, in the, in the um, offense. So I, I don't think that the ceiling is very high for Matt, Matt Burita, but he can definitely get you through these weeks. He's not going to be able to replace Saquon Barkley in your lineup, but he can have value 100%. In week 18 last year, Matt Breida, when Saquon was out of that game, when they were resting their starters, remember that, against Philly? Uh, <laughs> it was a tough matchup. Uh, Breida went f- uh, four for 28 on the ground, and then he caught seven balls for 12 yards. 
Uh, but <laughs> he did get useful. the eight targets. So yeah, <laughs> he did get the eight targets. So it's not useful. It's, it's, to, it's useful. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, something to, to 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 take a look at. But uh, but yeah, he he's a solid pickup this week. He would probably be, I would say, probably you know outside of Jerome Ford, probably D running back to pick up this week. Would you? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming that guys like Zach Moss and Kyron Williams are not available. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You, like, you kind of, if those guys are there, 100. Um, yeah, I feel like you have to. I don't think there's yeah, a whole lot there. Uh oh, what's this? Oh, George Pickens just scored a huge touchdown. Did he? Oh, I'll, yep. it's funny. We were just talking about it too. <laughs> yes, he did. We were just so talking he just about scored. It. Yeah, it's like, it yeah, was probably you know, a fifty-yard touchdown. Like, I don't know. Speak. Yeah. Uh, I have to watch live it. updates from Zach. I have to watch it. Oh, here we. Oh, wow. <laughs> That ooh, nasty. That was a nice play. That was a yeah. nice play. They kind of reminded me of the the Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Ben Roethlisberger touchdown, like a Thursday night football coming out the slot. Was it? Did he come out the slot? No, he was on the outside. But he caught it in the middle of the field at the fifty yard ran. line and just just outran everybody. It's a great right. play. It looked like Garrett great Wilson play. against the Cowboys. I know. Yeah, yeah. Shades of that. Shades of that. There exactly. you go. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Um, yeah, but I also like you guys like Roshan Johnson, too. And we'll, and we'll get to him um, in a mm-hmm. bit. And I'll let you guys know how I'm ordering these guys, too. Um, now, David Montgomery, he has a quad injury. Uh, he said he'll likely need a few weeks to heal. And his head coach said that he's day-to-day. Okay, so not really sure who to believe here. Um, he'll probably miss week one. I mean, th- this week, right, coming up, probably. Yeah. Uh, I would, you know, I would think that Jameer Gibbs gets a little bit of a bump. Uh, we didn't really see Gibbs take on more of an early down role after Montgomery left the game. You know, that work belonged to Craig Reynolds. Um, I think the plan would be to get Gibbs more involved because as the season goes on, you know, the plan was to get him more involved as the season went on. So I do think Reynolds is a pickup, you know, if you really, really need running back help. Um, I, I think there's a chance he ends up with goal line carries if it comes to that. Uh, by the way, Gibbs' role did increase this week, regardless of Montgomery's injury. Uh, the snaps were more of a uh, 50-50 split between him and Montgomery this time around. Uh, Gibbs ran a lot more routes than he did in week one. Uh, he was targeted on 41% of those routes, which is awesome to see. Uh, 50% route participation. So if we see a number increase, you know, for example, Bijan, he's at a ridiculous number of 80% route participation over the first two weeks, okay? Uh, if we see Gibbs route percentage increase, that target per route run number is very encouraging, you know, to keep those targets up. So he saw nine targets in this game. So he'll continue to be a must start running back, uh, especially without Montgomery. Um, right. By the time Montgomery's back, though, like I think Gibbs is going to be ramped up to the point where his role will be awesome regardless. <laughs> right now, <laughs> I do want to mention that Gibbs did sustain a sneaky ankle injury late in the game. We have no idea how serious it is. Hopefully he's fine, but it's just something to monitor. Just wanted to let you guys know that th- that might be an issue. If you see that pop up with the injury report on Wednesday, don't be surprised. Yeah, and that would be bad news because that, be, that would mean Craig Reynolds is going to get more run. And I've seen enough Craig Reynolds this year and last year. I mean, <laughs> I hate I hate how much this resembles the DeAndre Swift situation last year. Like, right. I legit had flashbacks because I had DeAndre Swift, and I, he was fighting for his life in Lions backfield to get touches behind Jamal Williams and Craig Reynolds, of all people for any kind of work. So Dave Montgomery goes down and Gibbs doesn't get the first carrying relief. I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Like 
I think Gibbs is going to work up to a good role. You know, you're right. The volume in the receiving game is really encouraging. But if you're like me and you drafted Gibbs early in a lot of leagues, and I know you have him in a couple of leagues too, you were kind of hoping that Gibbs would be competing with Bijan at this point in terms of the production. You know, like you were hoping that usage would kind of be up there. There was all this talk about Jameer Gibbs and how much the Lions loved him and they plan to use him in all these different ways. And it looks like the DeAndre Swift role is hurting me a little bit. But I still have hope. You know, obviously no reason to lose optimism with Gibbs. This could be a golden opportunity for him to kind of establish himself a better role in the run game and not let Dave Montgomery just control that part of the of the work. Like you said, he did have that ankle injury, but I'm not really worried about that until it becomes a problem. Like I said, you 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 had mentioned it. You put it in the one takeaways post, and I was like, what ankle injury are you talking about? So, like, I'm going to take that as good news. That I didn't hear about it. That's not major, but hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't hear too much about that as the season goes on. It's just a bummer that Reynolds is still rotating in. Yeah, it, it, really, it, it really has been. Um, now, we had several concussions this week. Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddell, Anthony Richardson, uh, Logan Thomas, the, the commander's tight end, uh, if you didn't know who that was. Uh, all, all of these guys are in danger of missing week three. Um, if, if Adams is out and Jacoby Myers is back from his concussion, I think Myers becomes a solid wide receiver three play this week. And, you know, and we'll see. Maybe he becomes a solid wide receiver three play regardless, uh, even when Adams is back as well. I think that's, that's still in the realm of possibility here. So it's something I'll be watching for. Okay. Um, it, it seems like Amon Ross St. Brown sustained a turf toe injury. Uh, no word on the severity there. Um, they did do some wrapping, and I think they inserted a steel plate into his shoe to help him out during the game. Uh, a little concerning there. We'll have to wait and see on the diagnosis. We'll see if he ends up practicing uh, early this week or not. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, Calvin really had the knee bruise. He should be okay. Doesn't seem too concerning. He did come back in the game, seemed to have it seems to have been bothering him just a little bit, uh, but I think he should be fine going into next week. I don't think there's any worry about him missing next week. Uh, and by the way, man, Christian Kirk coming back from the dead, doing his thing. Uh, and it's funny because right. Doug Peterson literally called it <laughs> before the game, didn't he? <laughs> right? Like He's like, yep, that's our man beater, and he'll have his opportunities in this game against the Chiefs. And he did. Um, too bad it didn't lead to a big day for Trevor Lawrence, though. Um, Zay Jones also missed a couple touchdowns. Uh, he got his knee banged up in this game as well. He gave you a big fat donut if you started him. I really liked him this week. Um, you know, those two touchdowns, man, that, that was brutal for me. Um, so I, I hope it didn't hurt you too bad and right. really missed on a touchdown as well. So, not ideal for Lawrence, man. I think this offense is going to be fine. Uh, not overly concerned with Lawrence's lack of fantasy success this week, but I think he was a little unlucky. Yeah, very unlucky. I mean, how many times? I thought I saw that same Zay Jones missed touchdown like three or four times on the day. <laughs> like, it was all at the back of the end zone. It's like, oh, I think he got both of his feet in. But no, he's just out of bounds. And then Calvin Ridley does the same thing. Like, the Jaguars offense was just not clicking. And, of course, that's when Christian Kirk decides, oh, now I'm going to be fantasy relevant. So, like, you can't ever have all these nice things at one time. If it's not Christian yeah. Kirk, Calvin Ridley's going to have his day and the offense looks good. But as soon as the offense looks bad, Christian Kirk is doing his thing. So, I don't know what the plan is moving forward. They also ran a lot more of the, I think it was 11 personnel, where that's where Christian Kirk was getting all of his volume. So that was yeah. interesting to me. But if this is what their offense looks like running that, maybe we won't see it as much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I agree. And, you know, he, he did benefit a little bit from Zay Jones being out, but it wasn't for too long. Um, but still, right. like, yeah, no, I, I think he, he definitely was the guy in this game that Trevor Lawrence, you know, keyed in on. 
and this is kind of what we talked about too with the Jaguars receivers, where it's like there's when you have all these weapons, there are inevitably going to be days where it's just like it's the Zay yeah. Jones game or it's the Christian Kirk game or the Calvin Ridley game. I think ultimately we're going to see the most Calvin Ridley games, but you know, this game also I think was an anomaly because I was expecting a lot higher scoring. Like, if I'm not mistaken, let's see, the highest projected total in week one was Chiefs Lions, right? And that underperformed. I think if mm-hmm. you talk about the Vegas, you know, over under. And then this week it was this game that had the highest, I think it was. And this one underperformed by a mile. So like maybe we just stop targeting guys in these high over under games <laughs> because or they're just underperformed. Stop targeting the ones in the higher higher over under games with the Chiefs involved because maybe they have a better defense than we think. They could. They could, but it's just confusing because then the Lions it's it's just a mess. It's so difficult gauging any of these defenses right now, or any team for that matter, it is. just because it is. like we're two weeks in. So all of these, like I know PFF likes to throw out their strength of schedule stat and all that stuff. It's like I can't even trust that because it's based on like two games right now. So it's showing like the Colts who <laughs> just got all these garbage time yards thrown on them by the Texans as like the best receiver matchup ever. It's like, I don't know. I know they have a rough secondary, but it's just really tough gauging. So maybe, maybe the Chiefs do have a better defense. I know there's been people talking about that. I've heard that a lot, you know, from people in the community. So I'm thinking that could be the case, but it's just interesting to me that the two highest projected games just happen yeah. to be very low scoring. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I want to I want to talk about Josh Kelly real quick. He, he didn't come through for you. Okay, the Titans' run defense was tough. Uh, the Chargers just, just decided to attack the Titans through the air. Um, Kelly did a lot of pass blocking so do not drop kelly okay it's possible we see eckler have a high ankle sprain here it's he's possible he misses another game so kelly is in line to be an rb2 once again this week okay just because it didn't work on sunday in a tough matchup doesn't mean he can't come through in a big way in week three against the vikings okay if eckler is back sure like you can drop him but just remember how well kelly played in week one with eckler there right and it's possible he can still provide some standalone value in certain spots. I, I don't think he played a bad game in this one. And don't bench him this week if he and if he's actually your best option at running back just because he didn't do well in week two. Right. And I think you look at the Titans too, and you look at the way that they should be attacked on defense. You know, so they allowed a lot of pass yard to the Saints in week one. And the Chargers did a lot of running against the Dolphins in week one. But then they flipped the script on their head. Kellen Moore said, all right, we're going to throw on the Titans. And we saw Keenan Allen have this big game, lo and behold, without Austin Eckler in the lineup. So, like, it just seems like Keenan Allen's going to get those targets. He looked great. Mike Williams got a bunch of targets. That was great. I kind of saw this coming. And I think we we talked about it on the Matchups podcast when we said, like, Titans defense, they're not that good in the back end. Their secondary is a little soft. So that we figured – these Chargers receivers would be able to get it done if they decide to throw the ball, and they did. So I'm not panicking about Josh Kelly either. Was I disappointed? Yes. Did I start him in my flex? Yes. But, you know, you live and you learn. This is just how the game script was for them this week. We've seen the Chargers run it and pass it now. Maybe they'll find a happy medium this next week, and I think that's going to be the case. The Chargers offense is going to be fine. It's just a tough matchup that – Josh Kelly ended up being on the butt end of because the pass game was working and they stuck with it. Now I want to hit on a couple of tight ends that you might be able to pick up off of waivers. That's Hunter Henry and Zach Ertz. Okay. If I'm choosing one, it's a Henry. And I think 
this year, the production can be a little bit more sustainable for him. If you remember last year, he would score these touchdowns and it just completely disappeared. This year, he's in a real offense, okay, with a real OC. And this passing offense is actually functional, okay? Uh, if they had a real like wide receiver one, they might be pretty good, but they don't right now. Um, and Henry, he's, he's the favorite target at this point. He ran around on 91% of dropbacks. He's being targeted accordingly. And in the red zone, Matt Jones is looking for him. Two touchdowns, two, two, two straight weeks. Uh, he's only behind TJ Hawkinson in fantasy points right now through two weeks at the position. Okay. And then you have Zach Ertz, 30% target share for a tight end isn't something you can easily find on the waiver wire. So he has to be rostered too. Um, you might not get a whole lot of touchdowns, but he's getting the targets, he's getting the receptions, and he's getting the yardage. So I do not expect Zach Ertz to be able to come back and look this good off the ACL, but here he is. He's doing his thing. He, he knows that the second year, you know, player, like the second year tight end is like waiting in the wings. He's like, no, 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 not yet. Not yet, young buck. I'm still here. And he, he's right. doing his thing. Yeah. I think that he's kind of getting hurt by name value because people think about Zach Ertz kind of slowing down his last couple of years with the Eagles. And then he goes to the Cardinals and he's not doing a whole lot. He had some semi productive games with the Cardinals, but like coming off the ACL, he's getting older. No one really thought that he was going to be able to do anything but you said 30 percent target share at tight end <laughs> like it's been so far in 2023 the resurgence of these veteran tight ends and they're actually producing especially with guys like travis kelsey and mark andrews they've missed week one they both came back and scored touchdowns but they were still relatively quiet in their returns like that type of tight end that's sitting on the waiver wire right now and zach Ertz, you, you have to go get him now tough matchup against the cowboys this next week i don't know how much production is going to be for him you know cowboys have done a pretty good job of shutting people down, but it's only been two weeks. But you can definitely target him. And Hunter Henry, like, if he's still on the waiver wire, go get him. Because it seems like Mac Jones trusts him. He's getting the targets. They said they were going to be running a lot of 12 personnel. And it seems like Hunter Henry's getting the targets regardless of whether or not Mike Kosicki's on the field or not. So he's pretty much their, like, pseudo wide receiver one just because he's probably the biggest body out there for Mac Jones to target. And Mac Jones, I'll give him credit, he hasn't looked that bad either. So, like, not only is this a function of Hunter Henry getting that volume, but it's also Mac Jones looking more than serviceable. I'd say he looks pretty good. You know, obviously for the weapons that he has, you know, I don't have a problem with the way he's played. I agree. I agree. Now, one guy that I'm a little bit worried about is Justin Fields. And if you're worried about him, (laughs) I get it. I get it. Like, I I was high on Justin Fields coming into this year, but I don't know what's going on in Chicago with their play calling. I'm not, listen, I'm not dropping him right now, but I don't necessarily feel great about starting him right now. Okay. Now my guy, Connor Allen at Connor Allen NFL on Twitter first brought this up. I read this this morning that they're not designing any rushes for Justin Fields. There's no design runs here. He was averaging 5.3 design rushes last year. And that's awesome, right? I love more. And they, and they did do more towards the end of the year. But this year, two total designed rushes for Justin Fields through two games. Two total designed rushes. What does this guy do the best? What's his Terrible. best attribute? It's run the ball. It's running the ball. So this, yep. is, and this is nuts. If you want this offense to thrive, Luke Getzey, why are you not using your best weapon? Okay, that's Justin Fields' legs. 
It makes no sense. Now, I'm optimistic that it can change. But if he's not getting designed rushes, he's not going to be that guy for fantasy outside of a few games here and there, you know, when he happens to scramble for a big touchdown. Uh, but that opportunity needs to be there. They need to give that opportunity opportunity to him. And he doesn't have that opportunity right now. No. And I can't believe it either. Like, I've looked at Justin Fields. I have – I think I had him in one league. I thought that, you're like, all right, the rushing production is going to be there regardless. This is looking like the beginning – of last season all over again where he just wasn't startable you know because not only was the passing game not working but the rushing it wasn't there but now they're not using him at all like at least you could hang your hat on justin fields and say well he's rushing the ball a little bit last year and it's not happening this year i don't know if justin fields like not only that obviously no design runs is an issue but you have you seen some of the film and just the plays that they've picked apart on the broadcast where they're like what is justin fields looking at is he seeing the field? Like they brought in DJ Moore to help him take that next step in year three, and it just hasn't happened yet. Now it's only two games in. It can still happen. But Justin Fields, like it looks like the pressure to take that next step in the passing game just it, it might have gotten to him a little bit. I don't know. The problem with the Bears is at quarterback, and DJ Moore's suffering as a result of it. Darnell Mooney, he got injured. Cole Komet, he's having hard time producing right now he had his own things going on too in terms of his volume and usage, but it all starts with Justin Fields and it ends with Justin Fields too, because you probably spent some high draft capital to get Justin Fields on your team. And you're expecting to have that rushing production. If it's not there, like if this offense isn't hanging a lot of points at all on the Buccaneers, like what can we really expect from them over the rest of the season? I'm not a big fan. He's not doing what he did last season. It can still change but I'm definitely worried about Justin Fields. Not dropping him, but like, if you're in a one QB league, are you considering going to the waiver wire and picking up somebody? I'm sorry, Jordan Love over a Baker, Mayf- a Baker Mayfield who's averaging 17 points a game? Like, would you consider that at this point? I, f- I feel like you have to. No. No. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> He's Baker Mayfield, not against saying no. I don't no, know. I can't. It's 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 a tough love swallow, but like think about it. Jordan Jordan Love Jordan Love yes, Jordan Love yes. I'll go pick up Jordan Love off the waiver wire right now, and I think you should, regardless of the quarterback that you have in your team. Go pick up Jordan Love. Playing very well. I think I think Christian Watson's not even back yet. Okay, he's 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 making do with what he has. Jaden Reed caught two touchdowns. By the way, you should go pick up Jaden Reed. He's a good waiver wire pickup as well. Right. Okay. Um, but Christian Watson coming back. He has Luke Musgrave there. Aaron Jones is going to come back soon. This is going to get good. This is going to get yeah. good. So I, I do like him, but I will pick up his division rival and play him. Listen, man, you mentioned the, the pressure getting to Justin Fields, right? You got to take that some of that pressure off by letting him be who he is, you know? Exactly. And you can't just let him be in the pocket and just expect him to be a pocket passer. Let him throw in the run. Right, let him get outside the pocket. I'm not really sure what they're trying to do, man. I, I no. think they got to fire Lugetsi. He's got to get out of here. Think they're, it's over. Yeah. Do you think they're forcing the issue with the pass? Like that's kind of what it looks like. I think so. that's what that's 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 what it looks like. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Why don't you yeah. Why don't you just go win games instead? <laughs> exactly. Get the opportunity. It's, it's crazy. Like this Lugetsi, isn't what we expected. I think are the Bears in a losing streak right now? Yeah, they're own too. They are. 
No, no, no. Even dating from last year. Oh, going back to last oh, yeah. season. Yeah, they've lost like their last 13. 12, 12 straight games. Insane. Yeah. Come on, guys. Okay. Luke Getzky got to go. Get him out of like, here. How, bring somebody how much else in. Oh, oh, oh. You know who they should bring in. You know who they should bring in. If we want to get, if we want to, can we get, can we get uh, Greg Roman in? Can we get Greg oh, Roman boy. to come in and call some plays? Justin Fields <laughs> would be the quarterback one. Yeah. If Greg Roman I mean, comes in and calls some plays. You'd have That's to. I mean, look, you got your two running backs already. You got Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson to fill the J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards type, you know, backfield. Yep. You got a pseudo wide receiver one in DJ Moore. I don't yep. know who the pseudo wide receiver one was in Baltimore in the first couple of years. But anyway, you have a it was, receiver. Uh, it was Hollywood, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, yeah. All right, yeah. so there's similarities here. You got a you got a poor man's Mark Andrews and Cole Komet. Okay, yeah that that that's so that's a you got some good pieces. call there. Could we see? It Can happen? we get Greg I mean, Roman to come in and replace? I think you should go. Yeah, I think you should go talk to Ryan Poles and just see if you could get him to move Luke Getzey out. And yeah. I don't know if that's his job. He might be GM, but either way, you just go talk to somebody about that because that's not a bad idea. <laughs> We need to get you in Dude, contact. That's what, that's what we need to do, man. Let's get Luke Getzey out. Let's bring Greg Roman in. And let's get the no, damn thing going. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Bears backfield. Um, so our prediction was this summer that this would eventually turn into a two-man backfield between Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. And that's literally what happened. Deontay Foreman was a healthy scratch this week. These two shared the load 50-50. They both look good. They both made plays. And now since this is not this is not a three man backfield anymore, I think it's a little bit more feasible to start these guys. I didn't want to start any any of these guys this week, right? And, right. and none of them really came through big time anyway. Um, but I do think that there are they're going to have their games. Um, they aren't must plays by any means. I don't I wouldn't even call them RB twos. I would call them flex plays. Uh, but they're both flex plays. I would say. Um, and, and I think there's a chance that Roshan's role can increase even more because his role kind of increased each each week. So far, um, now keep in mind that he was a primary passing down back in week one, but these two kind of shared that work this week. Uh, Herbert had the one goal line snap as well. More snaps and opportunities went Herbert's way overall, so he is the preferred start for me right now. Uh, but if Roshan is on your waiver wire, I think he's a great add. You know, I, I kind of look at him like a like a stash, but he's like playable in a pinch. That's kind of how I look at him right now. Um, but I, I just want to have him on the end of my bench because he's just that kind of running back, man, where, you know, e either way, it's like, you know, if Roshan, you know, gets banged up, Herbert can do his thing, right? He could be an RB1. We've seen it before. Um, right. Same, way the, same thing the other way around, man. If Roshan, I'm sorry, if Herbert gets a little bit banged up, Roshan can take the full load, man. He's built that way. You know, he's built like yeah. a like a guy <laughs> who can take that full load. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm personally, you know, I want both these guys rostered. If you have Roshan available, I think he's one of the top running backs to add this week. Um, you know, if you don't need anyone in a pinch, like I'd rather pick up Roshan than Matt Breida. Oh, yeah. 100%. And just look at the receiving work that he got. And I just got to go back and say this before the moment completely passes, if it hasn't already. Did you say that Roshan Johnson is built different? I, I think so. Sorry. He's built different. He's built different. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Roshan Johnson... <laughs> Yeah, the passing work was there, and that's what's most intriguing to me. You know, obviously he's going to have a little bit of value, a lot more value now, 
that Deontay Foreman's out. And just a side note there, I think it's hilarious that it took all of one week for them to kind of shift to this two-man backfield. Great news. You know, obviously, that's exactly what we were looking for. But I think both of these guys, like you mentioned, in a pinch, they're perfect starters. If you need a flex, throw them in there. I don't care. Rashawn Johnson, there's always a chance that he gets more targets in the passing game. Khalil Herbert, I'm not as bullish on with his receiving work, but I think that he's going to be the lead runner. He's going to get more ground work, work in the ground game than Rashawn Johnson is on an every week basis. So especially if Justin Fields is playing like he is and they decide they want to maybe lean on the run a little bit more, you know, these guys could get some more run. They're only going to appreciate at this point. Like you probably got them for nothing. You can get Rashawn Johnson really cheap right now with all the other waiver wire running backs that are going to be hanging out at the top. People are going to be putting bids in on Kyron Williams if he's still there, Zach Moss if he's still there. You can go and just kind of like quietly bid on one of these guys, Rashawn Johnson, and pick him up and just have that value sitting on your bench. So I agree with you 100%. Rashawn Johnson, he's not a priority priority. Like I'm definitely going after if Zach Moss and Kyron Williams are there and I have to put more on them to get them, I will. But like if you don't need it urgently right now and you can just kind of like scoop him up for later on, Rashawn Johnson, yeah, he's definitely worth a look on the waiver wire. All right, I want to go through a few more waiver targets that we haven't mentioned. Uh, but before I do, I want to mention an app that we've partnered with that I used to that I that I use to not only keep track of all of my bets, but to give me the upper hand to decide which betting platform to make a particular bet on. Okay, I think one of the biggest edges is to like a play, but then kind of go shopping on the different apps to see which one gives you the best odds for the same bet. But instead of like opening up every app, checking the odds, opening up the next app, checking the odds, Better Vision allows you to view bets available for particular games. It'll show you which of the betting apps or platforms has the best odds straight from the Better Vision app. And then you can keep tabs of all your bets across all of your betting platforms on one easy to use app. All right. It's so useful. And it also helps me keep track of all of my bets, which bets I'm winning, where I lost. How much am I up? How I did on particular days? It's awesome. All right. I'll have the link here in the description of the of this episode. This app is completely free to use. Okay. Go check it out at bettervision.us or search for better vision, B-E-T-T-O-R vision at the app store. Uh, it's only available on iOS at the moment, but the Android version is coming very soon. Again, it's completely free. Search for better vision. Again, that's better B-E-T-T-O-R in your app store. All right, let's get back to the waiver ads. You know, pending Monday night football. Okay. But it seems to me like, you know, we're going to have to spend up here for Jerome Ford. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And on that note, quickly before yes. we go on that, they are putting out an update that just came out now that it's potentially probably a uh, season ending knee injury. And yeah. they said, Need dislocation with multiple ligament damage. Not good. Not good at all. So, yeah, Jerome Ford, spend up. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So it seems like and, we're spending up on Jerome yeah. Ford here. Yeah, go ahead. Zach. And we wish Nick Chubb well, obviously. Yes, yes, 100%. Hopes, 100%. Prayers for speedy recovery. Like, man, that's tough. Because he's like one of he's the, the best, best running backs. Yeah. Pure runners. Yeah. The best. He's the best. He's the man. And we wish him the best recovery possible. We want to see him back in the football field because we love watching him play. Okay. 
Jerome Ford, he's going to go right to, right to number one on this list for me for, of, for waiver wire ads. Okay. Uh, we talked about Hunter Henry. He's my top tight end out of the week. We talked about Roshan Johnson, Tank Dell. We talked about him. I think Tutu Atwell in the short term, while Cooper Cup is out, I think he's something that we have to add as well. Uh, I want to I want to know what you so last week, Tyler had Josh Reynolds as one of his top waiver wire ads, and he called it, man. He called it. Okay, he yeah. And Josh Reynolds this week in week two, put up two tutties. Okay. <laughs> So yeah. where are we at here with Josh Reynolds? Because we, we're not going to see Jameson Williams for another four weeks. Okay. So mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, Goff is trusting Reynolds, um, you know, looking at him, looking for him deep. Red zone. So there's, there's, some, there's some smoke here. There's definitely smoke there. And I'll be the first to admit, I was kind of confused. I was like, what is Josh Reynolds? I think I texted you. I said, what is Josh Reynolds doing on Tyler's list? Like, why is he here? I thought maybe it was just he was a homer because <laughs> he's a Lions fan, but he had the snaps. The route participation was there. You forget, people forget that Jared Goff and Josh Reynolds were actually teammates on the Rams a couple of years ago. And I don't think that connection ever really fizzled out. So they don't have anybody really. Obviously, Sam Laporta has looked good. Jameer Gibbs is catching passes out of the backfield, but not in a way to make him the number two target in the offense. Josh Reynolds is a downfield guy. Like, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's targeted. He's not extremely short A dot like a guy like Debo Samuel, but he's going and doing the underneath work, running the outs, all the short game stuff, and working after the catch. Josh Reynolds is a deep threat, and if they're going to be as explosive, ex- as explosive as they've been on offense, Detroit, I mean, you have to think that he's going to be worth at least a flex play every week. He might be a solid wide receiver three until uh, Jameson Williams comes back. Now, is there a chance he has value even beyond that? Yes, because I don't know how quickly Jameson Williams is going to come back and just be like ready to play. He hasn't been very impactful when he returns. You know, he, I think he has one career catch or something like that. So I think Josh Reynolds can have value. He's kind of filling that same role he filled last year where he has like two or three of these games where he just takes over and scores two touchdowns. So yeah, you can go get him. I, I was wrong. Tyler called it. He was right. Yeah, I also didn't have him high up on my list either, but Tyler knew what he was doing there. Now, one thing I want to point out here, though, is, you know, is this a situation where Amon Ra, that toe injury can be something? And if the toe injury is something, are we looking at a situation where Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, and then Josh Reynolds takes a little bit of a step forward as well? That could be the case here. Um, it could be. So we might want to be targeting him, you know, regardless, right? Because it's possible that he sees, you know, he could be the number one wide receiver here, right? Assuming that, you know, we're not we're not calling Gibbs a receiver and we're not calling, uh, you know, Sam Laporta a wide receiver either, right? So it's interesting. Now, and target share was pretty consistent, 21%, 18% over the last two weeks, but the air yards are there. Right, thirty-five yeah. percent air yard share, thirty-one percent air yard share, and that's what you were saying. You were saying that he is being targeted downfield, you know, thirteen yard a dot over these two games. So, some of the monitor, really I, 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 yeah, I, I do like that. Um, Justice Hill, if he's available in your waiver wire, he's another running back that you can add. 
Uh, Matt Breida, obviously, we talked about him. So let me hit on Justin Justice Hill real quick. So Justice mm-hmm. Hill, 50-50, she share pretty much. He let in snaps. Um, he let in opportunities because he wasn't more involved than Gus Edwards in the receiving game. But Gus Edwards looked better. He ran better in the run game. He was a key part of that game, why the Ravens ended up winning towards the end of the game. Um, and he ended up getting the touchdown as well. So better performance for Gus Edwards. But I do think that Justice Hill is going to have his games, uh, especially when the Ravens you know, want to pass the ball. He's going to be the one running those routes. So I think he's yeah. still somebody that you can add, that you can play as a flex moving forward. Yeah, so now, you're not taking he, the bait on Gus Edwards? Like, obviously, he had that touchdown, and he looked good in the run game. But if you had to pick well, one, it's still just so Gus Edwards. Uh, Gus Edwards is actually not on this list because he's actually not available. Um, on he's available in, on only thirty eight percent ish or of, of leagues right now, so he doesn't meet our threshold to be on this list. So he's way more rostered than Justice Hill. Justice Hill is less than fifty percent rostered in most leagues. Um, now, all right, if you're asking me who am I starting next week, Justice Hill or Gus Edwards? You know, Gus Edwards is pretty much you know a touchdown or bust type of player right so at this jamal point williams. right he's completely touched on <laughs> pendant well he would be jamal williams if gus edwards was getting 18 carries but he's not yeah that's fair you know what i'm saying that's I, I, that's why i prefer justice hill especially if i'm playing ppr if i'm playing standard there's no doubt i'm probably going to go gus edwards here um but that's also assuming that gus edwards is the clear goal line back and i don't think he is um, right. So I think Justice Hill is going to be there a lot as well, even though you look at Gus as that big back. But remember, when when uh, J.K. Dobbins got hurt, who, were they, who did they put in at the one-yard line? It was Justice Hill. So I don't think that that those roles are clearly defined um, as of right now. Now, right. I, I mentioned Matt Breida. Obviously, he's that short-term play that you can pick up. I think Matt Breida is somebody that you can pick up now. Now, Justice Hill is somebody that you can flex for the rest of the year, right? Matt Breida is somebody that you can play, I would say, as a high-end flex. Not this week because it's against the 49ers, but the following two weeks could be a high-end flex, somebody who could get 15-plus touches, and that's worth a lot, especially if you if you're, if you need a running back. So if you need those short-term yeah. wins over the next couple of weeks, let's say you're 0-2, I'd probably rather grab Matt Breida than Justice Hill. But if you're looking for just this long-term bench option, I think Justice Hill would be the way to go. Yeah, so if your team's winning, go after... Justice Hill, if you're losing, Matt Burita yeah. is especially probably Especially if you don't necessarily choice. need, yeah, especially if you don't necessarily need that fill-in right now. You know, if you could use that RB2 fill-in, like you just lost Nick Chubb, but then you couldn't end up getting, uh, you didn't have enough fab dollars, you know, to get Jerome forward, you know, Justice Hill. I'm sorry, Matt Burita could be the uh, the second option there, you know. Um, right. So, like, Roshan Johnson is, like, the best stash and potentially play. Justice Hill would be the second on that list, and then Matt Breida would be the guy you could just play right now, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks. I have Zay Jones here. I know that he 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 had a donut, but hey, listen, like he always had a couple touchdowns. He's on a good offense. He's he's the he's the only other wide receiver who's running as many routes as um, as Calvin really in most weeks when he's not hurt. So I think Zay Jones should still be a roster. You'll probably see a lot of people dropping him this week. So if if anyone does drop him. Make sure to scoop him up. Um, Absolutely. Jaden Reed, two touchdowns. You know, we talked about him. You know, we'll see what his role is when Christian – we know what his role is. He's going to be the starting slot receiver for the Packers, but we'll see what his target share ends up being uh, with Christian Watson back soon. 
Uh, but you know, Jaden Reed, twenty four percent target share in the, in you know as a rookie over two games, pretty pretty good. Okay, yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz, I have Jordan Love here as a pickup. Just real quick, man. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how impressed are you with Jordan Love? I, I'm gonna go with. Okay, I'm gonna go in a vacuum. Just Jordan Love. I'm gonna say probably a nine. Yeah, like have there been some passes he could have made that that he didn't? Yes, but for the most part, I mean, he did more than enough to win in both of the games, and he threw three touchdowns in both games. So if you're talking from fantasy and real life, both of them very impressed with Jordan Love. It's weird because it's like I didn't think this would be the case, but he's looking very good. He he doesn't even have Christian Watson. Exactly. So, like, if Jaden Reed scoring two touchdowns, you know, Luke Musgrave's running all those routes. Romeo Dobbs had his week. Like, I don't want to say he's elevating these guys, but they're relevant. You know, these guys aren't producing the way they're producing if Jordan Love isn't playing the way he is. So, Jordan Love looks very good. And if you got him off the waiver wire, you drafted him late as in, like, a 2QB, like, you're very happy right now with Jordan Love. Uh, Rashid Shahid is somebody that you have to pick up. He already has caught four balls tonight. Uh, for where are we right now? So I'm looking at it live because the game's ha- literally happening yeah. right now. Um, Although it's like end of game right now, I think. Oh, is it? Is it the end of the Saints game? Okay, so four for four for 63 yards, t- 10 points in PPR. Not bad, not bad. A solid wide receiver that you can pick up off of, off of waivers. Uh, we talked about yep. Robert Woods. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, his route participation dipped like crazy with Devontae Parker back. However... <laughs> the route participate. I'm sorry. The targets per route run is nuts. Okay, when you're looking at like you're looking at like who's Mac Jones' favorite like wide receiver, right? It's Kendrick Bourne. Okay, he only ran around on 55 percent of dropbacks, but he had a high target shit, highest highest. I'm sorry. He only ran a route. Uh, I'll say that again. He only ran around on 55 percent of dropbacks, but he was targeted at a higher rate, way higher rate than any of the other guys. Okay, Devontae Parker had a 20, 20% target share. Kendrick Bourne still had a 22% target share in this game. Was targeted 35% targets per route run. Okay, so when he's on the field, he's being targeted. Um, I'm still interested in picking him up because he's still making plays. He's still being targeted. He's Matt Jones' guy. So it's possible that we see that bounce up a little bit um, despite Devontae Parker being there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Devontae Parker's a solid pickup too. Okay, I just prefer Kendrick Bourne right now. I think there's a little bit more upside there. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I mean, Devontae Parker, yeah. he just kind of got that like deal out of nowhere, and he hadn't really done much. But we've seen, I mean, we saw in week one against the Eagles defense, which is pretty good. Kendrick Bourne had a big day. And I think yeah. you mentioned it on the podcast last week where Mac Jones said something, or I heard somewhere that Mac Jones was like, Kendrick Bourne's the guy yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah, I did mention there that. There you yeah. go. He's, he's, he's just backing it up on the field. So like, you ha- you can't just not take that and think, okay, maybe that's part of it. No. He he likes throwing to Kendrick Bourne, and I was honestly surprised he had as quiet a night as he did. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. Um, I think Russell Wilson, you know, you talk about Jordan Love. I think Russell Wilson looks a lot better than he did last year over the first two mm-hmm. weeks of the season. You know, he's looking like he's looking pretty good. I, I don't I wouldn't say he's looking like the old Russ, but he's making some big time throws. Okay. Uh, Mims doing his thing. Marvin Mims coming back. He's somebody that you could potentially put back in your roster. Like, listen, he did. He hardly run. He hardly ran routes in this game, but he had two huge plays in this game. Went over a hundred right. yards. Okay, so 
uh, with a touchdown on only two catches. You see the you see the talent, and you see why I wanted him on your roster in week one, but he ended up showing up in week two. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sky Moore, somebody you might want to pick up now. Um, you know the routes. You know his role didn't really change. Actually, his routes actually went down in this game, but he ended up scoring a touchdown and having another long play. Um, these are just like death wide receivers that you might you know end up dropping anyway. Um, I, I, I'm wondering. I had Calvin Austin on this list. I'm wondering how he's doing right now. I have to rewatch this game after this podcast. But did he check. do anything in this game? Let's see. In this game, Calvin right Austin, now. four targets, one catch, ten yards. Okay, maybe maybe you don't pick him up. I don't know. I don't know. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't know four, four somebody... targets. I mean, let's see. George Pickens is five. Allen Robinson is three. Pat Fryer oh, okay. is one. So like, I guess we still utilized. are we still in the first half. Where uh, it's very start of the second half. So we're third quarter gotcha. with 14 quarter, minutes. Okay. So yeah, we it just okay. started. That's not bad. Yeah. He could end. He I, I wouldn't end just up, rule him out because he used to just could end up. Yeah, he could end up with like eight targets in this game. Okay, that's not bad. Okay, so I think he's someone you still want to pay attention to because Deontay Johnson, by the way, was put on IR. So he's going to miss the next four games. It's including this game. So after this week, three more weeks, and then he'll be back. Hopefully, hopefully. Right. Um, Tajay Spears, you know, <laughs> Sorry, pretty much, yeah, George. He has two catches for 96 yards. <laughs> no, love it. I love it. I love That's it. That's exactly um, what you expect from George Pickens. It's a Gabe Davis role, man. Um, yeah. Calvin Austin, uh, let's see, Tajay Spears, somebody that you can put in your, put in your roster, somewhat playable in deep leagues because he's pretty much sharing that load right now. Um, he, you know, he looks good, man. Like every time he touches the ball, like on his runs and his, his catches, he's looking good, man. So somebody you want to put in the back of your roster if you can. Um, I have Ty Chandler on this list. Why do I have Ty Chandler on this list? Because of how Alexander Madison has looked over the last over the first two weeks. Right. Just in case we see anything change here, we saw Chandler pop in the preseason a little bit. Um, you know, just 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 to just to throw it out there, you know, that this might change a little bit. I think that you know it's a little bit different from the Rashad White situation because I didn't think that there was anyone capable behind him. But in this situation, it might be a little bit different. Okay, so I think Madison has some two, had two tough matchups to start the year. So maybe the coaches give him a little mulligan. The lost fumble didn't help, right? No. Uh, you know, everybody was fumbling. <laughs> so, right. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens in week three. But that's it. Um, did you have any anyone else to add? Did I miss anyone, Zach? Or are we good to go? That that was pretty conclusive. You know, that got pretty All right, much everybody. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys, you know, sticking with us, listening to us. Um, you know, next week, you know, we'll be back to a regular schedule. Okay. I mean, this week we'll be back to a regular schedule, like as of you know, as of now. Um, because I won't be traveling anymore. So, you know, we're we're in it. Week three is here. Uh hope you guys get who you want on waivers, and we'll be back tomorrow with some uh some buys and some sells. All right. See you guys later. Peace.